Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Trident Wargaming episode. Uh, today we're going to be changing it up a little bit and talking about some Battletech. So it's been a while. Um, I know we did a couple episodes a while back, but uh, time to bring her back, get back into Battletech. So with me today is Steven again. Welcome back. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me back, Andy. <laughs> Not a problem, anytime. Always a pleasure, right? So uh, we always tend to have a good time uh, chit-chatting back and forth here and there and then uh, having you on the podcast. So it's good to good to have you. So, so kick her off, I guess. Uh, what's new? What's happening? What's going on? Is uh, How's the league going for, for Battletech here in the city? Well, there's lots, lots going on with Battletech in the city these days. Uh, as you mentioned, there's the Edmonton Battletech League. We are in our fifth week of play now now that i think about it so um you know things are going pretty strong we started off with i believe 17 players uh one guy had to drop due to family commitments but still got 16 which is a nice robust easy to schedule number makes my life a lot easier so uh things are going going really really well on that front um and general league's been a blast uh Ooh, he's so much to get into there, and I'll come back to that. <laughs> I just was thinking about everything there, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much. Uh, yeah, and additionally, there's regular stuff going on just about every Thursday and you know every other or just about every Friday as well for, for local stuff So that nice. I'm involved with. So there's Battletech two and a half nights a week going on regularly. So No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because you, uh, you have some campaigns going on, um, I believe it was Thursday and Friday? Like your, your yeah. groups, the guys, a bunch of guys that are kind of grouped together. I seen a, it's funny. I actually seen a Instagram post, somebody, I'm not sure who it was, but I was looking at the picture and I was like, Hey, that's the guys that are industrial park games. Hey, that's Steven right there. That's Battletech. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, yeah, I don't know who that would be. So <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's, there's uh two campaigns running, running on Thursdays, one starting this week. To give me a to give me a break and uh, other stuff running on Fridays for clan stuff. So we're trying to get a trying to get a good mix of different eras and different styles going. So. Nice, nice. And then they are uh, they were also doing uh, I think it was Alpha Strike as well on like Mondays. Every Alpha Strike, yeah. Alpha Strike ran Mondays, uh, I believe, in July. I or sorry, June. Sorry, what month are we in? Um, I'd have to check with Jason at the store. I think they had their last one that they, they had scheduled, but I think they might be doing stuff, you know, every couple of weeks, once a month or something oh, okay. like that from now on, potentially. So, nice. uh, yeah, Paul, Paul was running that. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. So he, he did the artwork for league. I've talked with him about a bunch of stuff, but I've actually never met him. So at some point I gotta, <laughs> I gotta make it, I gotta yeah. make it out for that, but Mondays aren't great for me usually. So, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I've, I've gotten some uh, artwork from, from Paul in the past for other, things that he's done um just locally here so it does some pretty good artwork it's pretty cool yeah. um, what he does so um but as for like any new players and whatnot just dropping in um you know come checking out the games thursday fridays and like even saturdays usually there's probably on the weekend guys are probably playing too right um yeah every every thursday for sure and most fridays we're at industrial park games uh every league week there'll be people there as well on saturdays um, anybody who wants to drop in is, is generally welcome Thursdays or Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, generally I would just recommend for Fridays or Saturdays, uh, just, you know, mess, you know, message somebody or post in the group or something just so that we can confirm there's something. Cause the odd weeks, you know, everybody's busy or if it's a non-league week, there might be other events at the store for, you know, 40 K or, uh, flames of war or something like that. So, but, uh, yeah, people are always welcome to drop in and play. We've had a few few guys lately that have been have been showing up on occasion, so some new guys, which is always good. Yeah, that's cool. That's there's been a lot of uh, activity lately, uh, just with the pages that um, 
new players kind of come yeah. into it, right? I've mm-hmm. I keep I keep seeing um, uh, people for you know requesting to join groups and stuff, um, and then seeing other people on the other uh, Facebook group as well. So it's good to see uh, that uh, the community is still growing and there's still people interested and uh, just yeah, having a good time yeah. rolling dice, right? So which is really really cool. Thing. Exactly, exactly. So. Um, so anything, uh, anything outstanding kind of happened in the league? Have you, you had any big kind of moments, any kind of events? Yeah, I've, I've got a few good stories. I, I unfortunately, of course, can't be there for, for every game because we do, you know, we got some guys like Jason who works at the store who, who works Saturday. So he's got all the schedule, his, his games at weird off times. I've only managed to catch one of his and. There's usually a few week where guys are, you know, camping or right. got other commitments. So we usually have, I'd say, of the eight games that are played a week, usually four to four to six at the store on a Saturday. So I get to see the majority of them. Uh, week, let me just kind of flip back through the weeks here. Week one, we had um, the game of the the game of the week in week one was uh, was between Derek uh, and. Chris, uh, so the Blue Bastards and the Wraiths, two of our two of our teams. <laughs> we we started off uh, just to kind of give just to give people just a concept here. When I talk about Group C, um, what that means for the first section of league, we basically broke league up into three sections. So the first section, uh, people were basically just randomly seated. I'd only played regularly with about four to six of the the seventeen guys in league, so. I didn't really have an idea of who was good, who wasn't, uh, who had experience, who didn't. So basically everybody just got randomly seated together in a lettered group and you played everyone in your group. At the end of that group stage, the league reseated based on standings and it does that one more time then at the end of the year and then we go into playoffs. So the idea is sort of to have a self-correcting skill system. So you're always playing people who are doing kind of relative performance to you. Um, so that we wanted to give, we wanted to give the newer players, you know, you'd play a whole mix that first week. And if you really struggled, you'd get in the second set, all the guys you were playing were guys who struggled in their relative groups. So you'd, you'd have the opportunity to, you know, play guys who were, you know, really strong players who were newer players. And then with another reseed coming again in that mix. So, um, and I think it worked pretty well overall, the, you know, in the first three weeks of, you know, of the first three weeks of league, we had three teams go three and O two teams go O and three and one team go O and two, but every other team that was in league, uh, you know, won or lost a game in their, in their league. So that was, was really good, you know, to see that we were getting that mix there. It wasn't just, Oh, you know, everybody's, you know, half the guys are winning all the games, half the guys are losing all the games. And in that week one, when we had Derek and Chris play, um, it was just back and forth. You know, one mech would go down for one side. One mech would go down for the other side. Another one went down. So at one point, uh, Chris was down 3-2. And then in a fire phase, he dropped two of Derek's mechs. So it was down to back to 2-1. All Derek had left was his spider. So he had a spider (laughs) against a wasp and a rifleman. He DFA'd the rifleman and killed him. And it was a wasp and a spider just with like one medium left, just tearing at each other as they, you know, were stumbling around. Finally, the wasp went down and the spider stood victorious. And that was, that was the, the game of the week in, in league week one. It was so close and just impossible to call right to the end. Right. And just two excellent guys, two great people. So it was, it was super fun. Um, Those are epic and, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Epic. It was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And then in <laughs> in week 2 we had something I I thought at the time this would never I'd never seen it happen and I didn't think it would happen again. So in league one of the things we have is just to encourage people to have fun, play loose, not worry too much about the points. Right. Um everybody makes playoffs regardless of how you do. You just have a tougher road in the playoffs if you, you know, if you haven't done well the first week. Of playoffs, basically the top teams play the bottom and, and you know, in inverse seating order. If you win, you go into the A side of the playoffs. If you lose, you go into the B side of the playoffs. And we also went with a no tie system. So you win or you lose. There's a couple of different tiebreakers if we end time on even kills. Most games of classic Battletech, we've we got about four and a half, five hours. 
you get on Lance on Lance, there's a victor. Somebody either concedes or you get a Lance wipe, right? Um, in week two, uh, we had a different Chris, Chris L, um, and Chad were playing, and we had a situation where there were, uh, what was it left for Chad? It was his thug and his thunderbolt, his thug and sorry, his spider. And Chris had his Thunderbolt and his Catapult K2, the, the double PPC one. Okay. Yeah. And so the Spider and the Catapult were laying down, with down a leg, and neither pilot wanted to risk trying to get up. And the Thunderbolt and the Thug, we were playing on the Devil's Bath Tukiad map, the Swamp. Oh, yes. Yep. And they're, st they're standing in the middle of the Swamp at one hex, just trading with each other. And the Thunderbolt was was down in a level one water. The Thug was in depth zero water. Just they're just blasting each other, kicking each other. And in the turn, the Thug savaged the Thunderbolt. It falls into the depth one water, floods a leg, floods a side, both side torsos. So it's a CT and a leg. But the hmm. Thug goes down onto its SRM ammo and blows itself up. So we got a Thunderbolt <laughs> with no weapons, Ouch. half a catapult and half a spider, and We've got a wrestling count. We've got a 10 count, you know. One, everyone tries to stand up, fails, falls, piloting hits, guys go down. Two, the spider makes it up. So if the catapult can't get up, the spider pilot will win because he's got a mobile mech with a weapon. The next turn, catapult makes his roll on like an 11. Oh, wow. So the catapult's shooting at the spider, which is trying to jump away, and he ends up getting dinged, and he falls, gyros himself, and he's out. Oh, wow. But I had never seen the whole, like, well, we got to have a count to get somebody up here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty, like, well, yeah, it was, pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow, just, that's, that's just insane. Yeah. And then the, the weirdest thing was, the same thing happened in week four with one of the same players. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd had the same thing happen to him again in week four against... Jeff, I'm oh, sorry against uh, Chris. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was I was just gonna say that it's it's in BattleTech how when your mech goes down, right? And, you know, from losing a yeah. leg or, or other damage, or whatever, right? Like it is, oof, it is yeah. critical. It is very critical when you're down and stuff happens, right? And that's the beauty about BattleTech. Yeah. So much other stuff can happen in the game. But yeah, uh, and just the swings that can happen. Yeah. Um, because even just this last week, I, I wasn't there. I had some other things I had to take care of on Saturday. But uh, I had one of the one of the veteran guys who didn't have who's him and his opponent were playing another week. I had him basically just basically filling in for me, and he was playing uh, Lee from the Calgary League, one of the podcast hosts. One of the organizers was up for the weekend and nice. got a game in against one of our guys, and just you know got to be around league and have a good experience. And we had a situation where one guy was up two mechs last turn starts and he had two mechs get dropped by his opponent one that he the guy hit him like he needed to get nine points into his ct hit him with two meds hit him both in the ct it's like a 2.7 percent chance that happening exactly drops him and it came down to okay who has the most mechs killed well it's two two Next tiebreaker, we go into the uh, you know, page 285 of Total Warfare. There's the crippled mechs. Right. They each have one crippled mech. Third tiebreaker is BV killed. The difference was 10 BV, <laughs> which is, you know, a third of a small laser, full, three points of armor. <laughs> and the guy who was down two mechs going to the last turn ended up stealing it. And it was just like, you just, you can't script this stuff. You know? No, no, you can't. Like, I know some of the games that I've had with uh, with Bill and some of the other dudes that, you know, we kind of jumped in with, and uh, yeah, just things happen in that game, right? You know, you're you're jumping and you land in some water and you you fall on your head, you know, like how yeah. does that happen, right? Like how does it happen? I'm perfectly yeah. fine. And it happens, right? You know. Oh like that. yeah. Big core explosion. I, I remember. Oh. I remember one time playing in a campaign game and I was running a Kingfisher and. Because people were coming on on the key hexes, I had to come on on a side hex, like a road hex, okay. and turn to like go down the main hallway. Mm -hmm. I'm like a 3-4 pilot, moved one hex, I need to roll a 3, or better. 2, go down, do I take a piloting hit? 2, take a piloting hit, am I unconscious on a 2? Two? 2, I'm out. 
my assault mech is 10 seconds in the fight, sleeping behind a wall while everybody just laughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does happen. It's, uh, it's insane how it, oh, yeah. the rolls just go against you sometimes and, and it happens, yeah. right? It's, it's, and it makes the game so much better. Well, exactly, right? Those random factors that happen, you remember little moments and get to share it with, you know. Yeah all the guys that you played with or new guys that you're, you're playing with now currently. And, uh, those beautiful moments yeah. like that. It's, it's like that in every game, tabletop board, whatever, right? Like, um, but yeah. Battletech is definitely, um, there's definitely moments of disaster in, in the game, right? You know, get yeah. that, that critical ammo explosion and you're just like, yeah. Oh, you know, it blows you up. <laughs> Um, you know, like you said, yeah. death from above. I mean, yeah. You, oh, geez. I think one of the worst ones I ever saw for just everyone just stopping around the table and just the, the look of fear in people's eyes was in a campaign game. We were escorting off a VIP in a transport through like kind of one of the mountainy passy maps where there's some hills that, you know, they go up, they go down, all that stuff. And the guy who was running the transport for our side misread the map and went down into these hills with the transport Uh and it was a hovercraft blew a side skip roll wax it on the side chart and i think on eight on the side chart is a is a critical and he rolled cargo compartment infantry bay vip is dead (laughs) on the middle of a hostile planet where our ride is this guy's dad oh boy and you could just see the players as went from laughing and joking to watching the roll watching the roll looking at the rule book and you could just see the fear like oh no oh no <laughs> what are we gonna do that's funny yeah, no, we didn't make no. it off at that point <laughs> but yeah like like you said moments like that right and especially especially in campaigns yeah. especially in campaigns like yeah it's just you could come up with such stories and and events that happen and then it transgresses into even more stories and more events and like yeah you remember this campaign oh yeah you know you start just yeah. remembering that stuff and and it, mm-hmm. you, exactly. you, you feed off of it right yeah so, and it gives the uh the good vibes for players playing the game even if it's a game you're losing like it's just you're just having fun with it right and it's 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 awesome yeah. it's awesome oh, yeah. and uh currently right now you guys are just playing kind of like beginner tech right yeah, so for, the, so for, for league, league, yeah, league is essentially uh, we had a bunch of polls and just let people kind of, kind of pick a lot of the stuff. Uh, we went with with intro tech because of the seventeen guys who originally signed up for league and the couple that were thinking about it but just you couldn't make it work their schedule. Maybe six of them had regular experience in the last five years, like right, very new very new group overall and especially if you're if you're starting to kind of build a community build a league for for battletech anyway it's it's the place to start is that intro because if you go into for example you know if we started in 30s 70s clan tech the new players would be spending the whole time in the book like what's a hag 40 you know right <laughs> you know what's a hyper assault goss rifle uh, how does the targeting computer interface with uh, pulse laser? Is that a minus three? Do they overwrite? You know, like how does that work, right? Whereas with intro tech, it's it's very simple weapons. If you played thirty years ago, a medium laser is still a medium laser, right? There's not right. that. It it still allows for there to be learning and development as from a skill perspective, but it's a lot harder for somebody to just completely list you with stuff you've never heard of and models you don't have and it's you know with the the new sets that have come out in the plastics there's a great selection of intro tech mechs in there right so you can make a really viable force from even one or two of those lance packs you don't have to you didn't have to invest you know 500 bucks in minis yeah <laughs> hello oh. <laughs> that would be me um yeah. well I mean, yeah yeah no i uh speaking of which uh i ended up snagging the uh uh, what are they called? Comstar. I think command command level two recently here that they just just came into the city. Yeah. I was. Uh, yeah, I still haven't here. got those yet. <laughs> yeah, one of the shops here had got, and I just happened to look at the store uh, site. I was like, called them up right away. They're mine. 
like <laughs> just get me them right so oh um, yeah yeah you would have to have been fast to get those <laughs> yeah really <laughs> um no that's good to hear though that uh you know with giving people some information and, and whatnot for like if you are starting out you know where do i start kind of yeah. thing and whatnot and then uh, of course you know after after this league happens and you have your um you know your playoffs and whatnot um obviously you'll probably have another one going on in in some time um so what's what's next for like a new player what would be next for uh, an event or you know a campaign or tournament like do they step up to the next kind of tech level like the eras because uh, right after that you have is it uh i believe it is it like clan wars or, or the uh, clan invasion is the next era well, yeah, so sort of to go through kind of trying to answer both of those questions. So we'll start with the tech. So mm -hmm. from a tech perspective in Battletech, there's there's sort of four tech levels um, and they've gone through different names. Um, currently, you know, you'd call them introductory tech, standard tech, advanced tech and experimental tech. Um, they used to call them level one, two, three and four or they used to be called different variants of that had a bunch of different names over the years uh basically introductory tech is pretty much only the inner sphere stuff and it's only really the succession wars era stuff uh it's the stuff that's in the quick start rules um if you get like the box set in that right and the next tech level there up from that is is you know your standard level so that's where the vast majority of tech falls in in battle tech and tech Standard tech can be either inner sphere or clan. Um, and that would generally be, yeah, considered to be kind of like a 3050s, 3060s level uh, technology for the most part. Um, so for people that played, you know, clan invasions back in the day, most of the stuff in there is, is stuff they would be familiar with. Right. Um, you know, stuff like clan ERPPCs, DOS rifles, um, Pulse lasers, you know, Artemis systems on your missiles, uh, that kind of stuff. So that's that's more of the standard tech level. Um, again, you're not getting into the crazy stuff. You're not seeing variable speed pulse lasers or um, artillery or anything like that. Um, and advanced tech is sort of like the narrowest tech level. Um, it generally only has artillery and a couple of really niche technologies in it. Okay. And then uh, experimental is generally more like your Solaris customs, your mixed tech, your super rare or not in production level, you know, hardened armor, some of the special weapons types, that kind of stuff uh, is experimental. So, for the most part, um, in any type of learning or comp setting, you're generally going to see people start at intro or tournament and and roughly stay about there. Um, because it's just the most balanced stuff that's been out the longest and it's the simplest to learn. Uh, the other stuff comes in more to play usually in campaigns or Solaris design challenges or that kind of stuff right. um, from a tech perspective. So... Uh, to answer your second half of your question there about kind of what's next for either players or new players. Mm -hmm. um, so League, uh, the the plan is right now, I mean, so far everyone's been having a good time with League. Um, looks like League will probably return for next year unless, you know, I get hit by a bus or something, which can always happen. Um, so the plan for me, I would always like to run league probably what about the, what it runs now. So May to October, I don't like to have to drive in the city too much when the weather's really bad. Uh, and I don't want people to have to drive when the weather's really bad. Right. I don't want, don't want people risking their life to try and avoid a default kind of a thing. Um, so that's probably always going to be when we keep league too. Um, and the rest of the year, the plan is to do a mix of a couple of things. So uh, both during and outside a league, there's going to be, you know, the games that run Thursdays, Fridays that are 
know, regular group of players, but drop-ins are welcome. And if people want to become a regular player, they're certainly welcome to drop in, see if they like the guys that are playing and, and be involved that way. Um, and for non, you know, for other stuff outside of league, the goal right now for me is to probably try and run something once a month um, outside of league, either intro events, um, you know, little mini tournaments, that kind of stuff. Um, I've always liked the idea. There's a really, it's a, it's a fairly simple, very easy to play in campaign system that's not designed by Catalyst, but it's one that they do recommend. Um, that's basically a drop-in campaign system. And okay. I've always wanted to run one of those as like kind of a public game. So you're, you're basically a Merc unit and you have like, there's a, I think it's two and a half million C builds to start with to buy your mech. Um, you basically choose a faction you're from that gets you the ability to, to basically purchase a special kind of ability related to that faction. And every scenario, you basically get paid an amount of C builds based on whether the mission was a success, if you got a special objective achieved, and that if you were destroyed, you get less. But you, you know, if you lose your mech, you're not completely bankrupt you're not out you just get paid a little bit less and then for salvage basically when you destroy enemy units um and don't fully core them so if you don't you just knock them out or surrender them they go into the salvage pool and then at any point in time as you build up your your, your personal war chest you can choose to buy one of the units you've salvaged and, and move up that way and there's development for your pilots like skill points and everything like that so the more you play the you know kind of the better mech you can build up but you know if you miss a week or two weeks or something like that or a month or you know you get shot and you lose your mech it's not a big deal it's not okay you're out you don't get to play anymore or you're you know you're an infantryman until somebody can get you a mech kind of thing so okay yeah yeah, yeah. so and, and uh yeah. what's the name of so, this uh campaign that you're talking about that's uh uh, not made by uh, Callist or, or I have. Do you know? It's I'd have to look up the exact name. I've I've got the I've got all the PDFs and everything for it. It's uh, it's one that they recommend. It's it's one that like as a, as a demo agent, I they it's on sort of like their demo their stuff. But you can find it uh, outside of that. And it's I can't think of the name of it for the life of me as I'm sitting oh, here, okay. <laughs> and I feel bad about it. No, don't worry. We'll we'll get it later. And but yeah, post it's, it's it in the. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. As soon as as soon as I'm not talking to you, I'll, I'll go load it up and send it to you. But <laughs> no, it's uh, all good. It's um. <laughs> I, I it's it's a really neat, really simple system. So. Nice. Yeah, it kind of sounds familiar to the. Uh... The one that they have as well, I can't remember the name of the Chaos uh, Chaos Campaign. I think it's yeah, it's not the it's not the War Chest with the Chaos Campaign. Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, it's all good. Um, yeah, just just from what you're describing there, it kind of sounds similar to it. Um, and that that was the one that I was looking to at, just with uh, some of the buddies to maybe put the you know the taste on there their taste buds for battle tech, right. And just show them that other side of it. Um, unfortunately never, never took, took flight, um, yet. So we'll see how that goes with, uh, maybe just a weekend kind of gaming thing and just run it and see how, how the boys like it. Right. So, um, yeah, no, I mean the, uh, that system, the war chest system, it's, it's a little bit more involved. I think this, this one's actually just called battle tech missions is if, if I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly. Okay. Um, but the, the war chest system and the, and the, that chaos campaign system, it's, it's a step up in complexity from BattleTech missions, but for guys who've played and not necessarily BattleTech, but any type of, uh, war game before the chaos campaign, the war chest campaign is, won't be too complex for them at all. It's, it's a, it's a, a nice streamlined system that has some, some interesting things about it, but overall I think it works pretty well. Nice. Um, and they've they've got a whole bunch of errors for it now, like in different books. They've got like those tracks and everything for it. So if you want to play like, oh, this Merc campaign, Chaos campaign, they've got like a little, here's sort of the, the rough scenario to follow. The actual, what is the name of that book? Um, oh, is it? 
I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, trying to find it. Uh, the Total Chaos, which is the one, uh, the sort of the, one of the debut ones for it, that's in the Jihad, yep. is a phenomenal book. It's super detailed, and there's like six different campaign arcs you can do in it that mm-hmm. have you know, story missions interwined with uh, sort of, you know, your filler missions and your unique little missions. And it's, I, I've always wanted to take a group through that book because I think it would be just a blast to play. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. If uh, anybody's interested or loves that kind of stuff, they'll jump right on top of that for sure. Yeah. It's it's always fun, right? Like having people involved in campaigns and telling the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coming up, of course, with, with the story. Um, you know, I know yourself, you love doing that kind of stuff too. And it kind of goes across yeah. a whole bunch of other gaming systems, like even myself, like I do it for other systems as well. Um, just kind of yeah, you whatever. were running one for Bolt Action recently, right? Yeah, actually, just uh, we're still going on it. Actually, the today, tonight, I should say, <laughs> is our uh, another right. battle. So it's kind of the um, it's kind of the uh, the last battle. Like the the one side has to literally hold out. So <laughs> if they don't, it probably <laughs> ends. Um, so, nice. but yeah, it, same thing, right? It, it tells a story. It it you throw in whatever you make up your stories you have different little objectives and events and match players up and you get to enjoy seeing the players have fun and see how they experience the missions and experience the uh, you know uh, uh, trying to how they get through to the objectives of, of the match right so um yeah it's pretty cool and and both the creativeness and the poor decision making of players that cannot be anticipated. Oh yeah, um, exactly. That's so true. That's so I true. I know. <laughs> For the most recent uh, game I I started on Thursdays, um, they're actually doing Allied Mercenary Campaign, or sorry, Allied Mercenary Campaign, Allied Mercenary Command in the Chaos March in thirty sixty six, and the first mission they were. They're on Fletcher. They're going to hit the Capellans to grab some information from them. They've got total surprise. They come in um, and they were, you know, they they caught themselves into some trouble because the players weren't super familiar. I was introducing them to infantry and battle armor and vehicles, things they hadn't really run into yet. Right. And they were doing all right. And then the Capellan reinforcements rolled in and they were holding them off while the team basically got the data out of the center and an archer went running up a hall, basically, I call it a hallway, but a street, blew his piloting roll, went down, and then a mention got on him, and he just couldn't shake this thing. And it ended up ripping his leg off. And, you know, they, they had a certain amount of bills to kind of build their own units that are working together. And they didn't really want to abandon this $13.5 million archer. <laughs> no kidding. But they're in the middle of enemy territory. So they decided to save Private Archer. And if you've ever seen Saving Private Ryan, that's pretty much how it went. <laughs> you know, they ended up losing, I think, three mechs, two pilots captured, another one or two crippled, trying to get this archer out. But the archer got out. <laughs> hmm. That's crazy. Not something I had planned or anticipated them doing. Oh, you're probably, probably <laughs> giggling all the whole time as it was happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, and that's plus that's... that for the introductory. They get to go get their pilots out. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And speaking yeah. of like, um, I haven't played with vehicles or or armor or uh, you know VTOLs, aerospace fighters, all that stuff yet either. Um, how different is that? Uh, like rule set wise, is very similar to to the mechs. I know they have their own sheets. Um, and then, of course, there was a whole bunch of books that they've had, of course, in the past that they've released for, for like aerospace fighters and that kind of thing. Do you see a lot of them? I guess it's kind of a couple of questions here, but do you see a lot of that in game? Um, just normally, like, do you guys bring that kind of stuff out? I mean, it really depends. Um, they they do have fairly different rules. Vehicles are the closest to Max um, by far, but they have very unique rules in their own set. Vehicles in Battletech are very fragile. Okay. 
um, from a crit perspective because there's multiple locations. You know, normally in BattleTech, you know, a two and a twelve is a floater, right? Um, you know, like, or, well, sorry, twelve hits the head and a two is a floater. Um, on a vehicle, a two and a twelve are critical chances. An eight on the side is a critical chance, and there's about two or three per side that lead to motive rolls that can pillbox a vehicle or slow it down. So vehicles tend to only have, well, they only have either four or five hit locations, depending on if they have a turret or not. But they have roughly the same amount of armor as a mech. So they're very difficult to just outright kill through, you know, drilling through a side for the most part. But it's pretty easy to smack their tracks off or damage the hover system, and then they're just left sitting there basically as a turret, right? Um... So you, when you play with vehicles, they're a real unknown even as the GM because you you don't know if the first shot's going to hit the ammo in them or <laughs> if they're going to take 300 points of armor damage and just be sitting there still firing LRMs, right? Um, yeah. Aerospace fighters are glass cannons. They hit really, really hard, but if they take a certain amount of damage in a, in a shot, they have to make a control roll, and they can risk losing altitude or crashing or that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of times if you see old, I don't know if you've ever seen Ouchie's Bat Reps, um, like part of the Memphis group, they, he used to do battle reports for Battletech like four to seven years ago. Okay. Um, they used a lot of aerospace in their games. So if you if you ever want, you can go look at some of the ones where he's got like, like all aerospace forces against all mech forces. Nice. And that's just nuts to watch. But uh, what I find generally for a campaign is that throwing in vehicles, throwing in infantry, throwing in uh, battle armor or the odd, you know, aerospacer or conventional fighter, they're great curveballs for if players get too focused on just killing mechs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, because a, a lot of like, you know, a lot of those like really nasty mechs that like, oh, you know, uh, Take, for example, a Warhawk C, we'll say. Uh, you know, two ERPBCs, two large pulse lasers, targeting computer, does have a flamer. But for the most part, it's, you know, it's purely a mech-killing machine. Well, you put that up against battle armor, ugh, it's really not any good against battle armor. You know, it's struggles against fast vehicles, if you can say it, the pulse arcs. It's you start seeing guys who get, you know, these really high level characters with these really tricked out mechs and they've got all the Gauss rifles in the world, but then they got to dig, you know, a hundred guys out of a building and it's, it's kind of a comedy of errors, right? They don't, they just don't have the technology for it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the common uh, designs make a lot more sense when you consider like, well, why are there machine guns on, you know, this catapult variant? Well, because it needs something to defend it against infantry, which is the most common enemy it would run into in real life, right? So I love them. I think they're great change of paces. They can be difficult to balance from a BV or comp perspective, just because, you know, like I mentioned with the vehicles there, yeah, that vehicle could take one one big shot, get critted and go out even easier than a mech, or it can just get hammered and vehicles tend to be pretty cheap for their weapons loadouts because of it. I, f I find vehicles and infantry and battle armor tend to be a little under BV'd, but it, it leads to interesting stuff when you play with them. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I know I've, I know. one time I came into the store and I seen you were playing, I think, against uh, Jordan and he, uh, Jordan Ashworth. He was... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was fighting against you, and I think he had a VTOL, so it was kind of interesting to see... Um, see that kind of move around a little bit and uh, see what they can do. I'm just kind of in my head. I'm thinking yeah. like Mech Warrior Five, and I remember how much of a pest some vehicles could have been. So, as you were talking there, yeah, I was just like yeah, that makes total sense. You know, tunnel vision on yep. the Mech, you just want to take it out, and then you know that SRM carrier is just peppering you from the side or something, right? So. Yeah, as I recall, in that scenario, Jordan, uh, it got interesting because I think he was running a rifleman that had 242 for back armor. And the VTOL that was being run as part of that scenario against him uh, was a warrior with an AC2. Mm -hmm. So I, 
poof, poof. every time I plinked him in the back, there went, yeah, all the back armor in a location. So, but yeah, the rifleman lived. <laughs> Just puts a little, a little bit more of a threat and uh, thought process of, ooh, okay, what do I do now? Right. When you're in that sticky situation yeah. like that. Yeah. No, yeah. That, and, and, they, and they can be a, sorry, go ahead. No, keep going. Keep going. I was going to say, and they they can be a really good way of, of making the opponent, like, making it a little more epic for your players. So, you know, a couple units of battle armor, a couple cheap vehicles, and then some light, like, you know, lighter medium mechs. Well, then they can go into a fight, be outnumbered two to one, but still have a pretty significant BV advantage that you're kind of hiding with the numbers of the opponent. So they can still kind of feel like, oh, yeah, we're larger than life. You know, we're we're wading through these guys. Whereas, you know, a lot of times with mechs, it can be a little harder to do that without getting them in some serious trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed uh, every time I've kind of build, built a force, I've always tried to kind of balance the mech choices throughout my, uh, you know, with within the point limit that I have, the BV values. So, like, I won't, mm-hmm. I, I won't go and dump it into, you know, a big assault mech, right? Because I know for the fact, like, Okay, these salt mechs are probably going to be really slow, so I'm not going to be that maneuverable. Sure, I'll have the firepower, mm-hmm. but you know what? If I want to take a a you know a salt mech, maybe uh, like the one uh, force I made, I was going against Bill's Falcons, and of course I was playing my wolves, and um, <laughs> ended up taking the uh, you know the gargoyle, right? Pretty solid. Yeah, had some decent weaponry on it. You know, it wasn't, it was fast enough to, to move around and then supported it with some other mechs. There was a Mad Cat and, uh, you know, uh, some other ones that had a, yeah. I think I had a, a Fenris in there too. So yeah. I just try to split it up to make sure that like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm comfortable with my mechs. I like their loadouts. Uh, you know, I like how, how they can man- maneuver. I always try to like have at least one of my mechs that maybe has jump jets you know yeah just for just for triggering that maneuverability of okay i got him surrounded let me start getting behind him now making him make that harsh choice of who do you want to who do you want to take hits from from the back or or whatever the case may be right yeah Um, and yeah it lance lance and star building in general is so fascinating because there's so many ways to solve the same problem. And you see so many different things. And some players can make something work. Others can't. Some guys can play anything. And some techs, like, you you can see players debate certain techs, like like jump jets. Like, uh, there's a few guys that I've known, oh, those are wasted tonnage, right? <laughs> was an infamous <laughs> quote from a guy. Yeah. Um, but then other players, like I, I love jump jets. I, I think they're really, really good. And I think they give you so much, so much flexibility defensively and so much of bigger of a threat radius. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like when you're, when you're, when you can only run or walk a mech, it almost, it kind of almost moves like a rook in chess. Like you've got almost like it's almost like a combination of a rook and a knight. Like you've got that forward and back threats and then kind of that right angles from your turns threats. But with a jump jet, you get that queen effect where your threat is just everywhere. Right. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent, especially yeah. when you got a high number for a jump. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I've seen, I've seen some interesting, uh, you know, uh, forces. Like I've seen guys who have busted out, um, I played it uh, against, it was one of my first matches since coming back and it was like person took a, a, a Daishi, um, and I think it was two Koshis and a, what was the other one? I think it was a, maybe a Viper and, um, a Nova, I think it was. Um, but like definitely sunk most of their points into the, to the big Daishi. And it was like, yeah. okay, this is going to be tough. I outnumber you because um, I was playing Sphere, but there is no way that I was like going to be out maneuvering and whatnot. So, and um, mm-hmm. of course, we tried playing with the, we tried playing with the uh, the three D terrain, 
that I had printed. Mm -hmm. yep. so, that, so that was a completely new experience for me, um, which was cool, uh, but definitely learned a lot of thing about the blocking the shots just on the angles, right? But yeah, uh, yeah like definitely got um, tunnel visioned on trying to take out his assault mech. Just kind yeah. of forced all my heavies to one section, try to support... Uh, he definitely outplayed me and, and used, like I said, used the, um, you know, when the, the hex is blocked, you know, the opponent gets to choose what, what, if the hex is being blocked or not, if terrain was kind of like in partially in it kind of thing. And, um, yeah, yeah. If you're right on the hex line there. You yeah, can exactly. So then, uh, blocked my shot. So I got no shots. And then on his activation, he like moved out into the open and then when it came to shooting, like literally destroyed my catapult in one volley with this, the, this, uh, Daishi, which would be expected. Um, but it was just like, oh man, like that, that hurt. And then all of a sudden the, the lights came from the other side and just started stripping armor and stripping internals from the back. Right. As I'm trying to like slowly turn mm -hmm. to face yeah. them, you know? Um, so it's interesting the yeah. tactics and stuff like that, that that happens within games and then you start to kind of learn and you start to think about the angles and you start thinking about like, okay, wh where's he taking the most damage, right? Where, yeah. Where's the mech been hurt? And then you try to angle, you know, and then yeah. to hit those sides, yeah. which is cool. It, it's a nice aspect of the game, right? You start thinking about that yeah. a little bit more in depth. So, Yeah. And I think one of the things you you actually don't see enough players uh, without a lot of experience do, and it's such a key thing in BattleTech um, if you're playing in a comp setting, um, is just kind of mentally tracking where they've hit people, and using that to 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 go for where they're going for for attacks on people. Uh, for example, if you're firing at a medium mech and you hit a Goss into the right leg. Yeah, you're not going to go in on most mediums, but you know at that point it's got 10 points or less of armor. So if in a later move you've got a heavier and assault and you can get to right in front of it, either side or behind it, you might actually be better off to take that side because if you end up in that side arc, you know if you kick it, you're guaranteed to kick the leg you want. Hmm. So you start to see that inform some people's tactics where... Um, I know for a lot of new players, they just they just equate back armor with winning, right? Like, oh, if I'm getting behind yeah. you, that's good because you got less armor. And I've seen situations where a player will have completely stripped the front of a mech, and then they'll jump behind some guy to shoot him in 10 points at rear armor because, oh, I'm behind you now. I'm winning, right? And it's like, well, Not normally, yes. But in this yeah. case, it's harder to get through now, right? Like, And that, those are sort of the things you'll see with guys as they get experience that separate guys who get tactics mm -hmm. and guys who get tactics and have experience right no for sure for sure so. i know uh yeah i know bill did that try to do that to me as well in some games he was like, like i said he was trying to angle to hit that one side that i was hurt on right but uh yeah no that's good that's good info for any players too that are you know listening and want a little bit more out of the game and, and a little bit more knowledge which is cool because that's it's always good to hear from experienced players of, of you know, how, uh, I guess, the mentality of sometimes of, of a game can go, right? And it's not losing focus yeah. on the whole kit and caboodle yeah. of, okay, well, you are you are definitely hurt in the front. And you know what? I know for a fact you have a, you know, two slots of ammo on that side. Let's, yeah. let's risk getting yeah. that ammo, right? So. Yeah, exactly. And you see that pay off with when you start to really, if you play a lot, you'll start to learn certain variants. Mm -hmm. So you'll start to learn things like, you know, the stock hunchback, the 4G. It's terrifying for what it is, for its BV, <laughs> its armor, its weapon loadout. Like, hunchbacks are scary creatures. And then you realize they're 454 armor across the back and their ammo's in the left torso with nothing else. And... And then even though it's a scary mech and a difficult mech to deal with, you've now got a, hey, if I get one medium in there, now I've got a 44% chance to make it go boom, right? Yeah. 
and you start to learn each of those mech's little weaknesses. You start to learn, okay, where is the big gun on, say, a Victor? You know, which arm is it in? Because once you know that, then you know, where's my safe area, right? Or what do I want to prioritize shooting? And and that's sort of where that, that next level of tactics comes in. You know, the first level is, I've got to learn the basics of this game, how it plays, what I like. The second level is, okay, how do mechs synergize? How do their mechs synergize? Like, what are my ranges? And then when you got to the third level, it's targeting locations, targeting the weaknesses of mechs, knowing what has a lot of ammo and what's like, if I ignore that, it'll be out in six shots, right? Like, yeah. And that's where you start to get that next next level of, of, of building up your tactics and building up your lists and building up your synergies and and sometimes it's the most innocuous looking things that synergize ridiculously well. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I know, I know when I, uh, it's funny cause when I was like painting up my, my mechs, I tend to, uh, tend to grab a whole bunch of mechs that I, th I think, or I've seen, or, you know, did some research on for like the certain houses, you know, that they, mm -hmm. that they've used considering, you know, we got all these books with all this info and, and fluff and everything. Um, but I've always kind of done it where it was like, okay, you know what, this force, I want it to try and like utilize missiles and narcs and, and that kind of thing. Right. And see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you got the other one that's kind of more of uh, you know what, I want this to be a fast moving kind of maybe a scout lance or something like that. Right. And, and try to work on having mechs that have, you know, an okay amount of firepower, but they're fast. You know, that kind of thing. I, yeah. And I don't know how effective that tends to be, you know, with like synergy and stuff like that within the game. Um, but it's interesting to see the effects of it. You know, even like, you know what pulses are like, you know what PPCs are, gauze rifles. But you know what? Maybe missiles you haven't really used too often, right? Because you don't like them. Or maybe you haven't che yeah. checked, checked out streaks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and that's the kind of stuff I like to definitely hear about and like see in game like the actual mechanics yeah. of it in game, right? Yeah, and that's it. As good or bad as a tech is on paper, there's always going to be players that can make it work and make it work for them or absolutely cannot make it work. And there's little there's little things too that you just you don't notice unless you either play the game a lot or you are around guys who play the game a lot. For example, I I like multiple missile launchers, the MMLs, which are, uh, you know, mid-3060s tech that can fire either SRMs or LRMs um, from a one-size launcher. They got both ammo types. They get access to both specialty munitions. Super versatile. Just Sounds small like launchers it. for an LRM, big launcher for an SRM, right? But, you know, I hadn't really looked them in depth when I first started using them. I just figured, you know, the MML9 will be the best one. It's the biggest one, right? And one of my buddies was talking to me and he goes, you know, what's the best MML? And I'm like, no, what's the best MML? He's like an MML seven with Artemis. And we pop out the, the chart and I'm looking and here you realize, holy crow, an MML seven with Artemis. Like I think on a six plus you're hitting with six missiles with a seven. It's just so efficient the way it ends up working. Huh. Whereas the nine is actually a fairly inefficient weapon the way the cluster chart works. So little things like that, that you just, you might've had to play 10 games to pick that up. And then the guy just points it out and you're like, holy crow, that's a great tip. You know? Yeah. It, so. it's, it is definitely stuff like that. Cause you would think like, even just if you go with like LRMs yeah. as an example, you're, yeah. you're thinking, you know what? I want to try to get the most hits with the LRM. So I'm going to try to get a 20 somewhere. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the most efficient, you know, I've never really looked at the weapons like that. You know, I never really looked at the, the cluster charts like that. Right. And then I know, yeah. um, and then I know the one match I had, I tried, uh, uh MRMs and, uh, mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, these are interesting. I like these, you know? <laughs> yeah. MM, MRMs are, they're, if you're playing good enough gunner, they're good. Um, they kind of struggle a bit with that plus one to hit. Yeah. Um, just because that's... <sighs> Battletech 
in many ways comes down to a lot of times it, you know, it doesn't matter how big your gun is if you don't hit, right? And with MRMs, as long as you can find ways either through C3I or really good guns or careful movement to get them into that range and get them into action, they're phenomenal. But I've also seen people get so frustrated because they're running to get into the optimal range, then the plus one comes in and they're a four gunner to start with and they're looking at like tens, elevens, and they're just like, I can't hit with this darn thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's true. It's true. And then on the other hand, so. you get yourself, uh, you know, a mech that has like multiple SRMs and um, mm -hmm. you've already punched through the armor. It's really nice when those effects yeah. happen. Fishing for those crits. Oh, right? yeah. Um, yeah, there's some things like uh, I think a crossbow B, for example, is four straight six on a 65 ton Omni that goes five, five, eight with uh, good armor. And, you know, that thing just runs in and just barfs on people. <laughs> That's funny. Just barfs. <laughs> yeah. I can picture just a whole bunch of missiles hitting. And, yeah. And, I mean, if you're looking at damage per ton, damage for crit slot, and that generally a technically an LRM-20 with Artemis is the most efficient. But it's... Um, I've got the I got the graph if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I just had to open it up in the background. I'm like, uh, yeah, here we go. So That's awesome. Yeah, I know you can probably send me a pic or a link or something like that. I can post it in the uh the vid for players if they want to look at it and stuff. That'd be cool. Um Yeah, I, I I'll I'll send you some I'll send you some stuff I had once upon a time for this kind of stuff. You can nice. get a kick, nice. kick out of it. Yeah, so Back Lots when of... I was young and <laughs> back when you were young and uh and what? And uh back when I was young and had time. <laughs> oh, time. <laughs> yeah. That is so true, right? Like it's it's so true right now. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm going back to work. Mm -hmm. Uh actually I just coming back to work since this when this drops. So um Yeah. Be interesting. It's a nice short week, but uh yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to get games in again. Um, I know I got to yeah. bust out some mechs and, and get the painting mojo going again as well. But um, I think that's yeah. that's going to be pretty good for t this episode. Um, so a lot of good info. Um, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll hopefully be doing a lot more Battletech, uh, you know, in weeks to come and whatnot as well. Uh, after I finally get my foot in the door again and, and start rolling some dice and learning some tactics and get my, you know, mech slammed across the board um but it'll be a lot of fun i know there's a lot of a lot of guys playing at the shop and um also close uh, close friends with uh, jason there too i know he's always down for for playing uh probably give uh you know as much as uh i love classic BattleTech and whatnot right um i'll yeah. probably give alpha strike a try just to see what it's like um but yeah, it's it's it's. I know it's different, so <laughs> we'll see how it yeah. is. Yeah, I mean the Alpha Strike is it's a game that was designed in a different era. So you know they only came up with Alpha Strike. What was it? 10, Twelve years ago, maybe ten years ago. Probably. Yeah. Um, if that. Yeah, if that. So it's it plays a little differently. It's um. If you like a very, you know, very stripped down version of Battletech that plays a little bit faster and is built better to accommodate 3D terrain, you'll like Alpha Strike. Like, um, not my cup of tea personally, but there's no wrong way to play the game. So, yeah. definitely, definitely, some good good words from uh, Stephen here. So, uh, but again, uh, thanks thanks for coming on to the show again. Um, it's always a pleasure having, having you here. Me. It's always some good chat, uh, especially with BattleTech. You know, you know the uh, the BattleTech Lord, you know, of, of the area here. So <laughs> he's got the knowledge. Uh, no, he's been playing for a while. He knows the stuff. I so. just, I, I, I just, I just took what I learned in school and applied it to here, which is 
If you steal from one guy, it's plagiarism. If you steal from a lot of people, it's research. And I know all the old players who know everything. So I just talked to all of them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Uh, again, thanks for joining in. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, you check out our, our YouTube, Instagram, Facebook pages. Uh, I'll be posting pretty much stuff where, you know, stuff that I'm working on and whatnot. And, uh, I'll be putting, uh, links and whatnot in the comment section, uh, for the episodes. So if you want to check out any of the pages, um, you know, what's going on with the, uh, the Edmonton Biotech League as well, that kind of stuff. So it'll all be there. And, um, yeah, we'll have some more of these kind of, uh, episodes, you know, tactics, possibly weaponry, all that kind of stuff. What's new, what's hot, what's coming out. Um, just kind of like that hammerhead, apparently that sold out that I totally missed a new miniature that came out. So yeah, it was probably, yeah, I had, uh, I had pulled it up because I was going to, I could have mentioned it and then I was like, oh, it's already gone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I actually just seen it. Uh, yesterday and I was like oh, oh okay. totally missed that one but uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. I'll, I'm sure I'll find it somewhere but but yeah again thanks for yeah. joining in thanks for being here and we will catch you guys next time Trident Wargaming build it paint it play it